One thing has become more important in a COVID-19 world, relationships. How can retailers do a better job with them? Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor, and I'm your host, Bob Fibbs. In today's episode, I'm talking to Ben Rodier of SalesFloor about how clienteling is growing and how brick-and-mortar retailers can bridge online with their associates. Now let's get going. How you doing, Ben? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Excellent. Well, you know, we are recording this in May, and thank God it's a different month than when I was recording um, these in March. Uh, two months ago, I think it was like the whole world is crashing, and Tom Hanks and his wife have COVID. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, we're starting to see some retailers are closing down and uh, reorganizing by Chapter 11. I think we're going to come out of it stronger. And I was a, uh, the reason. Uh, listeners that I was drawn to want to talk to Ben is because I met Ben uh, on the floor of NRF through the retail store tours um, this last January, and you had a pretty significant achievement that was announced there. Ben, can you tell us about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, And that was a really fun event, and I'm really glad we got to do that, and it led to this. So happy to be here. The, um, The NRF show that, you know, happened in January kicked off with a big bang for sales floor. Uh, because uh, we were actually uh, awarded uh, best customer experience, best omni-channel customer experience solution in 2020 uh, at the award ceremony that kicked off uh, the the NRF. It was called the Vendor and Partnerships, the VIP Awards. Uh, so it was really thrilling, you know, to obviously be in New York for NRF, but also to kick the whole experience off at Gotham Hall, which is a beautiful venue. Uh, jumping on stage with you know a big company like Intel presenting the award, uh, so it really it put the spotlight on the company and uh, definitely um, you know gave paid homage to a lot of the effort and hard work that our entire team has been has been doing for the past few years with our retailers. Yeah, it's, it's great. Now I know that uh, with COVID nineteen, well, let me back up. So most people don't know necessarily what sales floor is, and it's easy to say the wrong name of your company, which I am afraid of doing. So I have to make sure and look at my notes. It's sales floor, uh, like a, you're out on the sales floor. But tell us, what does it do? And uh, in briefly, not a big sales pitch, but like you tell somebody over Starbucks or something. And um, and how does it work? No problem. You know, it's funny you uh, you mentioned the, the name uh, confusion because. I, I joke with people often that we do have a jar in the office, and every time you mistake in sales floor for Salesforce, you got to put five bucks in the jar for our Friday beer fund. Um, but sales floor is a SaaS solution sold to retailers with the main focus of empowering store associates to essentially elevate the level of their role and their impact on the business by giving them digital tools to serve and sell to customers. So a lot of people call what we do clienteling or assisted selling. But the way I describe it is that Salesforce is really a platform, a platform of many features and many functionalities that are all brought together in one convenient, convenient app so that the store associate can communicate by email, text message, live chat. They can look up inventory levels. They can sell to customers who choose to shop online. They can sell to customers who choose to shop in store. And it's all being done by one solution provider, one piece of training that an associate needs to learn, which is very different than a lot of, you know, what we've come to 
uh, get used to these days, which is I have one app for clientele, one app for MPOS, I have one app for inventory lookup. And I remember reading an article recently about a store associate who worked at, I think, Old Navy or The Gap. And she had to learn like nine different technology apps to do her job, which, you know, from a Salesforce perspective, seems crazy because what we've been focused on for the last six years is building a solution that as a platform has it all in one convenient place for store associates to use. Yeah, that's the key, I think. And ultimately, um, you know, we kind of call it virtual selling, but there's so many different ways now to engage a customer at different points and to keep them. And uh, certainly in a time like COVID-19, when so many apparel retailers have um, boatloads of merchandise they're going to need to get rid of, it would seem like the more that your associates could know their customers better, the more they could end up selling it uh, and bundling it and saying, you know, why don't you get a bunch of these items? It certainly pays for itself, I would think. Um, can you give me an example of, of how somebody might do this? How, how might it work in one of your stores, like an apparel retailer? So when you log into the application in the morning, it'll tell you uh, who you should reach out to. That's one of the baseline features of clientele. We automate tasks on a daily basis so that if you're, let's say, you know, Bob, who works at Saxon Avenue, you know who to reach out to. And when you reach out to those customers, you're able to know what they've purchased in the past and what you should recommend for future consideration. When the customer receives the email, they can click the item that you've selected, that you've recommended to them, and a nice branded message that looks you know, like Bob sent it from Saks. And when you click it, you can go and buy the item online. And Bob, the associate in the store, is actually going to get credited for sales that are driven online no different than had the customer purchased it in the store. That's how it works from an associate perspective. Does that make sense? So, but I can also, so when I click that, but I could still, you could still talk to me, right? You could still like, when I click that and I'm on the website now, you can actually be engaging me in different ways. Isn't that correct? Yeah, it is. And that's actually one of the more, you know, pioneering innovative things that we did early days where we said, yeah, clienteling, it makes sense by email and text and chat. And I think there's a lot of great companies that do that. But when you shop online with Bob, the way I described earlier, there's actually interfaces on the screen that you know are appearing that say that you're shopping with Bob. And if you want to continue the conversation, you can actually pop open a live chat and connect right back to Bob. Or if you have a question that you want to shoot him, uh, you know, through text message, you know, you have all those services right there on the screen for you. So what it actually does is it gives the customer the ability to shop with their store associate, but do it online, um, you know from comfort of their own home. Well, I think that's cool. And uh, I think that's what I like so much about your product, uh, Ben, is the idea that, A, you're rewarding the employee for actually maintaining this relationship because, to your point, relationships are the currency going forward and and no one is going to be marketing. We need to just get more bodies in the store. The marketing is going to change dramatically after COVID, which is going to be, we need to get more out of the people that actually make the trek to come into us and uh, those who do come in, we have to hold on to better rather than just thinking it's a numbers game. So conversions are really going to be a big deal. But I also even thought, so there I am, maybe my favorite guy is like Jimmy at Saks. And I'm at another Saks somewhere else. I could be shopping with Jimmy even at that other Saks and asking his opinion. I mean, the the point that you're leveraging is the relationship. It's not the technology. It's a relationship that we're valuing, right? Yeah, and I think you know that goes back to the concept of relationships are going to be the currency more and more as we move along. Because 
the relationship that you've built up with Jimmy is based on trust, it's based on comfort. There's all these interpersonal reasons why you like working with Jimmy. What we've done is given Jimmy a digital channel to continue to do that with you, Bob, the, the customer. And you know, to your earlier question, it's the internet. So whether you're shopping in New York with Jimmy today, or you want, you know, on your next trip to Los Angeles to ask Jimmy a quick question or buy something from Jimmy, you can do that from anywhere. We even give Jimmy, you know, his own version of like a sax.com so that if you wanted to shop with Jimmy, you could even go back to sax.com slash Jimmy, where he has his own version with his own top picks. And it's also where you can continue to interact with him if you wanted to come back to him. So what's kind of interesting to me about all this, Ben, is uh, I can imagine um, CMOs or whoever it is, CEOs, are going to uh, be able to see the potential list like, wow, this could be great. However, I think there's a lot of training that has to go into this, uh, not for the app, it's just to understand that um, this is a new way. And I imagine you have within companies, you must have some superstars who really get it and are really seeing the results. And then I'm sure there's laggards who are like, oh, well, that seems, you know, I don't want to reach out and that seems pushy and all of that. So just within your own experience, have you noticed that, that what the superstars do that makes it different? They go all in. Um, any of those kind of ideas would be great. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, we obviously are, you know, we have a front row seat to all of the performance metrics that our platform pulls out. You know, we don't just track sales. We, we track, you know, everything down to clicks and opens and actions in the application. So we can actually drill down quite in a sophisticated way, like, you know, who's doing what well and why. Uh, and we have a team that actually just sits there all day and does that to help retailers get the most out of it. But to answer your question, like, what what do we end up seeing out there in the field? It's actually very often follows what you would find in brick and mortar retail operations, which is, you know, whether you look at it as your 70-20-10 rule or your third, third, third rule, you're going to have superstars who get more out of it because they've put more into it. Mm. You, you're going to have that fleshy middle of people who have moderate usage and make moderate results from it. And then you've got those bottom people who, you know, we hear it sometimes, it's not very often, but, you know, we walk out of training rooms sometime and, you know, nine out of 10 people are jumping up and down excited, already making sales before the training is even finished. And then you're always going to have that one out of 10, one out of 50 people who come out of the training room and say, you know what, this online thing isn't for me. And I'm in retail because I want to work in a store. So I think the reality that, you know, you said CMOs and operators are going to have to contend with as we move through like a post-COVID world is that, you know, whether we like it or not, I think the world is going to become a lot more digital, a lot faster than we expected. And I think that stores are going to need to evolve to, you know, obviously meet that, the new, the new customer's eyeline, if you will, in terms of how they want to shop. But what that also means is evolving the role of the people who work in those stores to do those things. And unfortunately, some people, they might not like the fact of that they have to learn new skills and learn new technologies to do it. But I think like, like, you know, like anything else, you know, they say the more things change, the more they stay the same. That attitude of the person who's, whether it's one out of 50 or one out of 100, I think people need to be open to the change required to meet that new eyeline of the customer's expectations. Well, and it doesn't have to be an either. It can be a and. That's the, I agree. Right? Yeah, that's for sure. the thing. Like, yeah, I, I 
personally still think that brick and mortar stores are still the one thing that brick and mortar has that online will never is discovery. And the more we make stores into warehouses that are, you drive up and put stuff in the, in the trunk, you're destroying the whole reason why we have merchandising departments and sales associates and pretty interiors and a million other things. And the thing that's going to make the difference is going to have to be your people and ultimately how well they hold on to those customers. This season is sponsored by Springboard Retail POS. You know, one of the biggest challenges I hear from listeners, and whether they're selling from a store, from trunk shows, pop-ups, or just online, is that they want great, easy-to-use data. On top of that, they want customizable reporting. Well, that's where Springboard Retail comes in. Their best-in-class reporting helps you run a best-in-class retail operation. Higher sales, higher margins, and faster sell-through. Springboard Retail's customer success team will help you get all of your historical data into Springboard and get you up and running in a flash with a one-on-one personalized onboarding experience that's run by actual humans. And now it's even easier for you listeners to supercharge your business with Springboard Retail POS. Just visit springboardretail.com forward slash retail doc and you'll receive 20% off your first year. Now back to the show. I want to go back to your um, your earlier days. I know that when you, uh, I think it was when you were starting out or the idea from uh, for sales floor came from this idea of uh, Best Buy Associate. Can you share me share that story with us a little bit? Of course, of course. Um, so when we first started out, when you know the idea kind of was in an, was was in its infancy stage. A lot of us, especially our co-founders, we were all you know, came from retail. And one of us actually did work at, at Best Buy uh, in e-com operations. And on a store tour, you know, this famous story that I like to tell is that there was this one associate, you know, in a smaller market selling, you know, a smaller category at the time wasn't very, uh, it wasn't very lucrative category. It was, I think it was like large appliances, uh, which was new for, for Best Buy at the time. And this, this particular associate, he was crushing it. He was, you know, he was selling like five, six, seven times more than you know the average associate in his store and in the rest of the business. Let alone the fact that he was in a smaller category and a smaller market. And when he was asked, like, "What are you doing differently?" His response was that I treat my job here at the, in the store less like a job, but more like a business, more like I'm running my own business. And like any business person, he knew how to get out there and hustle and meet customers, and generate demand. And what, what was later found out was he was actually trying to do deals with, with condo developers in an up-and-coming neighborhood. So instead of waiting for a customer to walk into the store until one refrigerator, he was selling like dozens of refrigerators at a time. And what he said next was kind of like the clincher for you know where this all came from. And he said, imagine I had my own version of the store's website, and I was actually able to send my customers there and let them buy from me as I eat dinner with my family on Sunday night. And that was really the birth of Salesforce. It was like, okay, as the world does get more digital, we need to give these store associates digital tools to continue to serve and sell to their customers. Now, I think what the most surprising thing is in, in this whole story, and it goes back to your earlier question, was the role of the store associate in the stores and the store design is still key to this because although you know we sold literally billions of dollars through Salesforce. Uh, through these interactions. But what we know is that the large majority of those sales are actually being transacted in the store. So you interact online 
but the purchase and that feeling of taking the item and putting it in your trunk is still the majority of what of, of what drives the numbers at Salesforce. So, you know, you could say that it's discovery and then purchase online, but you can also say that it's discovery online and purchase in store. Mm. And I think post COVID is going to be a really telling uh, evolution of what that looks like for, for retailers. Well, it's, it's certainly going to be a brave new world. That's for sure. Um, what's the best or worst advice you've ever received about retail? Uh, it goes back to that thing I said before, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I think challenging the status quo was something that, you know, it was probably the best thing we ever heard to motivate us to start this business. But as we went into different retailers, I mean, it's the age old tale of being told no, you know, nine times before you get your one yes. Um, there are a lot of retailers out there who are not ready to change. And uh, some of the advice that we got coming out of those presentations and meetings in the very early days were uh, that retail isn't ready for this and that, that we might be ahead of, of the curve on this. And I'm really glad that, you know, some of that thought process was, was not exactly accurate, but <laughs> I, think we, I think we still see some of that, you know, and I think the pandemic situation is accelerating some of the improvements in that area, but um, I would say some of the best advice that, I, that, that we got, you know, our team is that you, know, you keep your head down and work hard and don't listen to the naysayers because if you believe in what you're doing, um, good things come. I think that's a great, I think that's a great way to think of it. And um, what do you like about retail? You know, my podcast is called tell me something good about retail. What do you love about retail? Uh, you know, I started in retail, um, and if you That's ask right, menswear, wasn't it? Isn't that where you yeah, started? Yeah, I worked in TJ Maxx as a menswear salesman, and uh, you know, I remember like holiday season time, um, picking like you, you know, TJ Maxx, right? Everybody's like flipping the hangers off of the racks and everything. <laughs> if you asked me 25 years ago what I like about retail, it would be a very different answer than today. Mm. Um, but I think that what's really interesting to me about retail is that customer experiences now are. are are, they're, they're very rich, very diverse. When you think about what the internet has done for retail in the last you know, decade or more, uh, it's really opened up what's possible. And I think that it's, it's a very large opportunity. It's a very large you know, part of the industry that is ripe to be, it's not a question of being disrupted because I think it's already been disrupted, but the ways that we're approaching disruption uh, there just seems to be a whole lot of opportunity that makes it exciting for someone who, you know, is ready to take on the challenge. I think, I, I think by and large, there's so much out there. And what we really need is great people to join this cause, be it on the retailer side or the vendor side to, 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 to attack the problems with, with these, with these positive approaches. Hopefully that's not too theoretical as a response. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it it certainly makes it certainly makes sense. I think again that the the whole idea is that interacting with people, it's still going to be a people business. Retail has always been about people, and uh, and frankly, it's about executing brilliantly. I mean, I think that's the thing that I think is interesting about Salesforce that you're able to kind of take this relationship, uh, assuming that the employee does a great job on the floor or does it in servicing. I know that I've had uh, people who. You know, you you submit a contact us um, form and no one says anything to you for four or five days. I think those days are going to have to be gone. But, you know, retailers have so much more to think about in the advent of COVID-19 
just from how they're going to probably be lowering their store hours to be able to clean more thoroughly. And ultimately, as we go out, those early adopters are going to have to feel really cared for and not waited on. And I think all of that um, is going to be what what shares us forward as a group to figure out what retail is. But I still have hope that we are going to remember that it's a game of being more human and increasingly technological world. And if I can use technology to keep that going, I think then that makes that makes a big difference. The four, the four wall touch test, where if I can touch all four walls without being greeted, that training is just as important to the online experience. When you talk about submitting a contact us form and not getting a response in four days, that's the same thing as the four wall touch. And training needs to now be applied to how we do this better online, as well as in store. So how do we find out more about uh, your company, Ben? Our website is uh, salesfloor.net. And uh, if you have any questions, you can leave your info there. and We'll be happy to get back to you. That sounds great. Well, I'm wishing us all back to a return to normal here and uh, and that more people will be out there clienteling and holding on to those relationships they've uh, created with their, with their store and their brand and their associates. So thanks for joining me today, Ben. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. It was fun. Thanks again to my guest, Ben Rodier. I enjoyed speaking about how relationships are currency and that retailers better hold on to theirs with their customers or risk losing out. On next week's episode, I'll be speaking with Why Not Vlad, CEO of Tokinomo. Wow, that's a mouthful. It's an in-store marketing solution that allows physical products to interact with the shopper. We're not talking VR or AR. We're talking RR, real reality. You won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Thanks for listening. Tell me something good about retail is the podcast of the Retail Doctor. Visit RetailDoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world, who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom-and-pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit RetailDoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information, to access the complete archives of past retail goodness, and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit RetailDoc.com.